At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and of course I'm joined by Max Mallow and we're still talking American Horror Story this week. We got another episode of Double Feature, which is season 10 and we're super excited about it because I think we're both really enjoying it so far. Yeah, we're going to put our True Blood review retrospective on hold. It's a lot of episodes to watch and... I really like the season of American Horror Story. It got me like into watching YouTube videos on like the complete timeline and how everything links together. And there's a lot of spoilers in it, but I'll still probably go back and watch the seasons. But it's uh, it's really good. I know. I believe last episode I mentioned it. Definitely afterwards when we finished recording, I was like, I watched the second episode. It's really good. You should check it out. Mm-hmm. You really liked it. You watched the third episode, which I haven't watched yet. So now we're off. We're off kilter that way. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, no, this season's really good. Uh, Red Tide, as it's known, is super interesting. I wonder how much they're going to have to kind of cram in yeah. to the the short amount of episodes they have for the season. But so far, I think this second episode answers a lot of questions that we had left over from the first one. And I'm very interested to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think after... After the third episode, I obviously won't spoil anything for you or anyone listening, but now I'm kind of just like, how are they going to wrap up this plot and then get into the second half of the season? I don't know. Hopefully it's not too rushed, but uh, episode two, we both really, really liked. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. But first, of course, let's shout out our friends at Manscaped who have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. You can kick that unwanted hair to the next planet with their Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. You can join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Awesome. Now let's get into our weekly horror news roundup, where Natalie scoured the internet, blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, two pieces of news, one of which we briefly discussed uh, earlier this week, and another piece, oh, I don't know if there's a phone going off in the background, but it sounds... <laughs> no worries. Yeah, my this is, what an annoying phone. It speaks out loud what the number is. I hate that. That's the worst. I know. So apologies. Had to mute myself there. But um, (laughs) yeah, like I said, this first piece we talked about briefly during the week because both caught our eye. Um, Netflix is picking up the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that is coming out, uh, which is directed by David Blue Garcia, and it's produced by Fede Alvarez, who we both love, uh, and Mm -hmm. Rodolfo 
I really hope I don't butcher his last name. I'm so sorry. Sayaguez. Yeah. Sayaguez. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, um, we mentioned this. It's being it's a legendary pictures movie. Um, you know, we're kind of skeptical on the fact that they're doing a new Texas Chainsaw movie because mm-hmm. after the original kind of release of movies, one, two, three, and then the hilarious next generation one with <laughs> Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. The the two that the the mid uh, platinum dunes one is not good. The beginning is mm-hmm. not good. Leatherface is not good. The three D one is not good. There's no. a lot of movies that are not good. But like we said, it's produced by Fetty Alvarez, who obviously did the Evil Dead reboot. That is arguably the best horror reboot slash remake of all time, uh, in our opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. He did Don't Breathe, which is uh, the first one. I think it's underrated. I don't think enough people rave about that movie. Um, yeah. And then the second one was okay. Like, I don't... I, I guess I didn't hear much about it, but... I know. Neither did I, and I haven't watched it yet, just because it was only in theaters. So, annoying. I would have watched it if it was streaming somewhere. Yeah, it seems to take the... The movie seems to kind of center on the, the blind man as the as the main protagonist, which is really weird because he's not a good person at mm-hmm. all, especially in the first one. Um, but, yeah, Fede Alvarez is great. It's just the fact that I think it's normal to remain skeptical about any Texas Chainsaw movie coming out in, mm-hmm. you know, this time in horror being any bit good. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm it's like, it's piqued my interest, of course. And if it's on Netflix, I mean, I'm hyped for it. I'm obviously going to watch it. I'm sure we'll review it and everything like that. But I would be more excited if Betty Alvarez was directing it. Um, I ha- obviously have nothing against this David Blue Garcia guy, but it looks like he is more, you know, starting out. He's known for being a cinematographer. It looks like he's directed one movie called Tejano. Um, which I haven't seen, but yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. I definitely am not going, I'm not going to go into it thinking this is going to suck, but I don't want to get my hopes up. Right. Uh, and then according to this, uh, article here from the Hollywood reporter, the film, according to Netflix and legendary picks up right where Toby Hooper's film or Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel's film left off. So... Is it a sequel to the original one? Like, so confusing. You groan, and like, I'm totally with you. But Hollywood, Hollywood, Halloween 2018 <laughs> picked up right when the original left off. So I feel like this is might just become the new, yeah, the, the norm, the new norm of of Hollywood horrors. Just instead of either rebooting the franchise completely. Or just remaking the original one, just a step, just take the roots that were established by the original, which are great, you know, Nightmare, Halloween, I guess Texas Chainsaw in this in this case, mm-hmm. and just run with it. So, yeah, the fact that it's on Netflix makes it very accessible. I'm sure we'll both watch it, and if it's any good, we'll review it. Or if it's really bad, we'll review yeah. it as well. Um, yeah. And then the cast so far: Elsie uh, Fisher from Eighth Grade, which is one of my favorite Love movies. Her. Um, Sarah Yarkin from Happy Death Day to You, 
which was great. I really want a third one or that crossover that they kind of like teased with Freaky. I thought that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob Lattimore from the Maze Runner and Mo Dunford from Vikings. So I guess a trailer, you know, that's what we yeah. We'll, 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 we'll reserve any judgment until a trailer comes out. But the next piece of news is another horror franchise that is being continued. But it's a more modern one. And it's coming to another streaming service uh, this Halloween. And that is a Paranormal Activity movie. Yeah, I was honestly shocked to see this. Because I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, too, that there was you know, announcements that there would be another Paranormal Activity movie for Paramount+. Plus, But I was assuming it would be like years from now not just like oh yeah we have it ready it's gonna be in time for this halloween so cool i mean i'll watch it and it looks like too there's also going to be a paranormal activity documentary coming out as well which i'm kind of interested in that honestly might be more interesting than whatever the movie has to has to give us yeah the the making of the original one is like very well documented obviously the movie is not only famous for being one of the most like innovative horror movies uh you know of our lifetimes but it was shot in like two weeks or something like that Orrin Pelly uh like filmed it in his own house or something like that if I remember it correctly uh but you know it spawned this is gonna be the seventh movie now in the franchise one two and three I think are really good four is meh uh the March ones is interesting because it's a spinoff. It doesn't really follow mm-hmm. the same story we were on. Uh, and then the ghost dimension is uh, really, really bad. Yeah. I wonder, and I hope this is not just like a play to get people to download Paramount Plus more. Mm-hmm. Because I think we watched A Quiet Place Part 2 on that, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the mm-hmm. movie offerings on it aren't that great when it comes to big titles. Um, no. It's definitely playing catch-up to Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Netflix, etc. But if it's good, like, we won't complain. Yeah. <laughs> my, my only main, like, I guess worry in a sense of the franchise as a whole, mm-hmm. considering that we're both fans, yeah, is that they don't have the same effect when you watch them at home than you do in a movie theater. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I understand why Paramount Plus would want it to be an exclusive, but it would just be so much better if they did theater and Paramount Plus alongside each other. We all know HBO Max made the, you know, perfect, or Warner Bros. made the perfect decision doing that. Um, But yeah, I didn't even think about that. It definitely won't be as scary. I'm sure the jump scares won't hit as well. and it's interesting because Paramount Plus is also making the new Pet Cemetery movie. So, yeah. They're they're just trying their hand at horror, I guess, which I respect, but I don't know how confident I am. Yeah, I think a good direction they could have gone is maybe just like try to get the rights to some big horror movies that are releasing mm-hmm. in theaters and then get them on Paramount Plus as soon as possible, like Yeah. A Quiet Place Part 2, there wasn't that much time between it releasing in theaters and being available on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, no, it was pretty quick, and I think they released it even earlier than they said they were going to. Right, and I think that was part of, I think we mentioned this in one of the previous episodes, was like they wanted to 
be respectful to movie theaters and obviously their yeah. situation during the pandemic and everything like that. So like releasing them in theater still exclusively originally, but bringing them to streaming quicker than originally, like pre-pandemic. So mm-hmm. maybe that's their strategy. Um, going exclusive, I mean, it's always great because if it's a, a must-see movie for horror fans, you know, that'll get them to download and, and subscribe to it or at least do a free trial and see if they enjoy it. But yeah. HBO Max has definitely cornered the market when it comes to, like, Malignant comes out next week, right? Mm-hmm. And that's James Wan, big release, new new movie, new universe. Everyone's going to watch that. Um, Netflix has Fear Street, obviously Texas Chainsaw that we just mentioned. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the movie's being directed by uh, William Eubank, who did Underwater, which I... Kristen Stewart movie? If I'm yeah, I watched it and I couldn't really finish it. I was just getting bored and I think I finished it just because I was like, I'm not just going to stop this. Let's just see how it ends. But I, it didn't have me the entire time. It definitely lost me. Yeah, uh, and it's starring Emily Bader, Roland Buck III, Dan Lippert, and Henry Ayers Brown. Now, this is, you know, if you don't know those names, Paranormal Activity did a great job at making unknown actors in Hollywood mm-hmm. big-time stars. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to its detriment, I hope it's, you know, I, I think it's going to be hurt by not being in theaters because that's yeah. a whole experience. Of course, it's not, you know, completely safe yet to go back to theaters, um, but they are open, and I guess it was a possibility. They just decided to do full streaming. So... Yeah, we'll definitely watch this because it's coming out around <laughs> Halloween and it's going to be a perfect Halloween episode to do. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm excited for it just because it is a new release. So, you know, I'm not expecting it to be great, but another, like, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I think, I think I'm with you. I think the documentary yeah. might be more exciting than the actual movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Agree. And I just don't know, like, is it going to be a new universe? Is it going to be a spinoff? How is it going to connect? I know. It's weird. That's also why I was so shocked that the movie's coming out this soon, because it looks like there's, like, not really any, like, a synopsis for it or anything like that. So, like, you made this movie, told no one about it, and is the trailer going to come soon? Like, what's happening? It's September. Yeah. They... It's a super interesting universe that was just, like, not handled well at all. Yeah. So, I hope they ditch the gimmicks of, like, Ghost Dimension and just go back to what made the first and second one so good. Uh, The third one kind of lost me because they were, like, videotapes of, like, their childhood, which I'm like, oh, that's very convenient. But, you know, the whole fact of one being super innovative and then the second one being a prequel to it and setting and how it connected and expanded the universe was so great. So, yeah, Paranormal... I think we've talked too much about this movie already. <laughs> Paranormal Activity 7, coming to Paramount Plus Halloween. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, but now it's time to talk about episode two of American Horror Story double feature, Red Tide. So, like we mentioned, this first episode was... Uh, a lot to take in. Um, mm-hmm. We met new characters, same faces that we love from the franchise, going to Cape Cod for the summer, trying to just get away, write a little bit, become uh, 
you know, big time Hollywood movie stars, <laughs> and uh, and things as we left them, uh, the yeah. town seems to be inhabited by vampires, but that doesn't seem to be the case now. Now that we've watched yeah. this episode, I know I it was confusing to me because I fully thought vampires, and then as we got you know more information, a full on explanation, I was like, okay. So literally not vampires at all, just humans who drink blood. Yeah, which is like weird because they've done vampires before. Yeah, and they have vampire teeth and everything. Yeah, oh, we'll get into that. It is is weird. Um, But overall still, I do like the direction they're going. And Mm -hmm. I like how quickly we got answers. Like we mentioned, it's five episodes only for this first arc of the season, and we don't know if it's going to tie into the second season, which they named. Did you see the trailer for it? They have the subtitle for it already. Nope. What is it? I spoiler warning. If anybody didn't want to know, um, you know, cover your ears. But it's called Death Valley. Oh, I think I did see that actually. Yeah. So they, you know, when they do like a a season uh, premiere. And then they'll do like a trailer like this season on American Horror Story. Yeah. Are you scared? All that stuff. Um, <laughs> and they show like clips of what's going to happen throughout the season, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. This trailer had part one, Red Tide, all the stuff, you know, clips from this part. And then they said part two, Death Valley, and then some clips from the second part, which I thought was weird because they went through all this trouble not to name each season. Like yeah. each half season up until the release of Double Feature. And now they just gave it away in a trailer, which I thought was annoying. Interesting. Yeah, that is that is weird. Um, but, I mean, I like the name. I think it makes sense because, of course, we know it's by the sand, by the sea. We're in the sea right now, Red Tide. Death Valley just makes me think of desert. Yeah, and the poster for the season obviously has, you know, the bottom part is some kind of creature with... Sharp teeth, which we'll get into for this episode. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. like underwater, and then the top half is a desert with what appears to be like a Martian head. So, I don't know. I, I'm kind of upset that they kind that of you know it. it. Yeah, like I, I wanted a little bit more, like, I guess, mystery around it because we mm-hmm. won't know anything about it until four weeks from now. So, unless they do a break, I hope they don't do a break in between half seasons. I don't think they're supposed to. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, anyway, that, I just thought we should bring that up because it's it's annoying. I, I don't like that they just gave it away. They were like a year of by the sand, by the sea. And then we're like, that's the same thing. <laughs> and now they just gave it away in a trailer. And I wasn't prepared for it. So then again, I'm also being a bit of a hypocrite because those trailers have spoilers in them all over the place. So. <laughs> That's uh, that's my rant for the day. But let's get into our review of episode two, which is titled Pale. Uh, it's directed by Lonnie Peristeer, uh, obviously written by Brad Falchuk and Ryan Murphy. Um, interesting that the first episode, the pilot, uh, did 0.93 uh, million viewers, and then this one did 0.58. That's a big drop-off. Yeah. I don't know if people are enjoying this season. Uh yeah, it's actually weird because I keep seeing on Twitter, like, people have responded to my tweets that, like, just random people who are fans of the show being like, 
I finally love this season. Like I haven't liked any of the, you know, recent seasons and I'm back into the show and everything like that. So what I've seen like on Twitter and even just like talking to some coworkers, it seems like people love this season so far. Hmm. Maybe it's just the fact that episodes are now available on Hulu next day. Yep, no commercials. And, I mean, they're on late. Also, Pale was on right after Cape Fear at 11 p.m. Good point. Maybe they So that could be it. something. Yeah, and we'll, we'll wait to see what the ratings numbers come in for uh, Thirst, which is episode three um, that Natalie has seen. But it's interesting to keep an eye on, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, like I mentioned... This episode does a ton of answering of questions, which I really, really appreciate because I don't like dilly dallying, and there's no time. <laughs> there's no time to dilly dally in a five episode uh, miniseries, basically. Yeah, I agree, and I think they did it really well. Where it made sense to explain things, it wasn't like a plot dump, which we see in so many other shows and movies. And I know we critique a lot when we're just given so much information and not enough time to really process it or it's in an unnatural way so i think they did a good job of you know harry doesn't know what's going on and neither do we so we're kind of learning through him and that it just feels better so i guess we can just get talking about you know what happens scene by scene but first let's take our first break and then we'll be right back cool so the way that we left off (laughs) with the premiere Harry had taken the pill, um, and he's kind of, you know, he in the second episode, right in the beginning, he's about to leave um, the house in P-Town, as they call it, with his daughter and wife. Um, they're frantically wanting to leave. Harry is open to leave and everything like that after what went down. But all of a sudden, it seems, you know, he's high or whatever it is. The pill hits him. He feels the need to just go right, runs inside the, you know, his wife is confused and he just basically decides for them. They have to stay there longer because he got the writing bite. Yeah. It was just so (laughs) weird too that like, we talked about how Harry made some like smart decisions Mm -hmm. in the first episode and then some like really dumb decisions. I don't think we mentioned it, but it's obviously, you know, very prevalent now in the second episode. This man took the pill and it got in the car. I was about to drive. Yes, to drive. Like, I know. Dude. I noticed that. <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? Um, but, yeah, it kind of on the surface, when we first see it, it's kind of like a, a pill from Limitless. If our listeners mm-hmm. have seen the movie with Bradley Cooper, pop the pill. It's like a super Adderall that just unlocks the entire world or whatever. It's like, most humans only use X amount part of the brain. Blah, 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 blah. So, we're like, maybe this is it, um, mm-hmm. because Evan Peters' character, uh, Austin, alluded to that in their conversation when he went over there uh, in the first episode. But, yeah, he takes the pill, gets out of the car, it's like, I gotta go right. And, and Doris is like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so strange. Like, it couldn't have been like, okay, I'll drive. Yeah, you write in in a word document. In the passenger seat. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I know. That annoyed me just because obviously it's a a show. It's the plot. This is what needs to happen. They need to stay there. But it did annoy me. They were just like, all right, I guess we're staying. Like, of course, Doris was not happy about it. But I would be like, absolutely not. 
I'm leaving without you then. I don't know what to tell you. But, yep, so they're still there. Um, Harry isn't really giving, you know, a time frame for when he wants to leave. He's basically just like, I'm being creative now. Just leave me alone. I'm doing my work. And Alma, the snitch that she is, saw Harry take one of the pills and immediately goes to her mom and says, you know, dad took one of these pills. I think it's Adderall. How old are you? Why do you know what Adderall is? Please tell me. I don't know. I was, (laughs) first of all, I was like, okay, you're a snitch, but also like she's seeing her dad take drugs right in front of her. And she's like, uh, I think my dad is (laughs) freaking out. Um, and yeah, there's like an interesting conversation uh, with Doris, who like accuses Harry of like it's kind of a, a follow up of Harry and Austin's conversation in the first episode, where he's like, "What is it? Speed? Mm-hmm. I tried to ride on Cyclobin once. Everything <laughs> turned out crap." And she's like, "What do you want? Speed? Yada yada yada." And um, you know, he starts getting very aggressive. Some like side effects of of the pill, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, being very snappy with not only his wife but also his daughter, which happens later on, which is just like, whoa! <laughs> just everything like spirals out of control super quickly for Harry. Um, yeah, and it's it's like not bad. It's entertaining to watch, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not like losing my um, sense of uh, what's it called when you get invested in a show. Uh, you're uh, Suspension of disbelief. Oh. <laughs> like, like, I'm still engaged in what's going on. on oh, yeah. On the t- if on anything, the- like, it made me more engaged, I think, just because I started to hate Harry. I was like, you're an absolute jerk. I don't like you anymore. Yeah. One episode went from good guy to absolute dick. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he starts riding like a madman. Uh, he gets his pilot done, and he's, like, extremely happy about it. And uh, the... The thing that he yells at his daughter, that scene is just so out of left field. Because, <laughs> like, obviously we mentioned that the, the daughter, Alma, is a violinist and has been practicing the entire mm-hmm. time that they've been in P-Town, Cape Cod, whatever you want to call it. Um, and she can't play uh, Paganini, I think. And <laughs> she, like, comes over and they start yelling at him because he's, like, obviously tweaking out Crazy. his mind writing his show and he's like you're just upset that you can't play Paganini and I was just like holy cow um, but it gives he me- literally he said that you're jealous yeah <laughs> this is a child you're a grown man he's delusional oh my god it's, yeah the, the poor I'm assuming she's like somewhere between like 9 and 12 yeah um, for age and this grown man is like, you're jealous that I can write a better story than you can play the stupid violin. (laughs) And again, if that was my husband and he said that to our child, I would be like, I mean, divorce is on the table right now. Who are you? Yeah, it's very, very strange. Um, But, I mean, Finn Woodrock is great. Um, Yeah. And, like, in these two episodes, I was like, all right, this is already a top, like, three character that you've played on the show in my opinion um Mm -hmm. dandy mott creeped the hell out of me um Mm -hmm. and i don't think i've seen what other seasons was he in 
trying to remember. I feel like he hasn't played like a main character since then. He was in um. I always confuse it because he was in the uh, Gianni Versace show that yes. Ryan Murphy won. He was really good in that. Uh, he was in Hotel Roanoke in 1984, and I haven't seen. I didn't finish 1984. Yeah, I haven't seen that or Hotel. And I don't remember him in Roanoke because I think it was only like a brief character. But yeah, it's weird. It's out of left field. I like kind of like laughed because it was so bizarre that it was going mm-hmm. on. Um, but yeah, the, the relationship is quickly deteriorating between Doris and Harry. Uh, mm-hmm. Lily Rabe does a great job of being like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. That's our daughter. Um, and yeah, while that's all going on, like, she's still, like, like being a, a good partner to him is, like, you need to eat, you need to do this. Yeah. Um, which is, like, weird, because, like you mentioned, like, if, like, the cursed out the kid and then just was, like, you hungry? It's like, what? I know, I know. That was tough, because, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to imagine being that in that situation, Anyway, but of course, you know, that's her husband. So I guess she is really just like, you haven't eaten. What are you doing? Right. Um, and he, of course, is just like, I'm not hungry. Type, 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 type. <laughs> um, and he finally is like, all right, I'll go to the supermarket and like get some food or whatever. And I loved this scene, by the way, when he's walking and on the way he sees... <laughs> We just call them Nosferatu people. Just those creepy men with the shaved head and very pale. Um, One of them that had, you know, followed Alma and Doris in the premiere. He sees a group of them. And, of course, it seems like a very threatening situation. They all start to kind of swarm him and circle him. You're like, I don't know what the hell is about to happen. And then they just kind of leave him alone. So, you know, my thought process at this point was, oh, he's a vampire now or he's one of them still kind of in that vampire (laughs) mindset yeah um i love just like how abstract these nosferatu characters are just like wandering around cracking their neck and their limbs and just they're so funny um they're not creepy which is unfortunate because like i I, you think they're creepy i don't know a little bit the guy in the in the premiere when he was following Alma and Doris, that was creepy for sure. Yeah, but now there's like a pack of them and they're like, yeah. you know, it's like West Side Story. And they're just like, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> you're one of us. Our they dad. remind <laughs> me, I know, they remind me of um, the Adams Family. What is his name? Oh, the shaved head guy. <laughs> I haven't seen Adams Family in so long. Uh... <laughs> Not a clue. You, you might want to Google it because I have no clue. I am Googling it. Okay. Not from the original. Um, anyway, we can continue and then it'll come to me. Yeah, you just shout the name out later on in the episode. <laughs> it's like it's like one of those like radio shows where it's like, listen for the keyword later on in the show <laughs> to win two tickets to see Green Day. Um, but yeah, so he, he gets surrounded by them. Looks like there's about to be like a uh, some kind of like jump, like they're going to jump him and beat the crap mm-hmm. out of him or something. But they let him go. They either think he's like not threatening or something. But there's definitely some sense of similarity going on now between Harry and uh, and the Nosferatu. 
Fratus? <laughs> I know his name. It's Uncle Fester. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Nosferatu? Nosferatai? Nosferatai. Nos- Nosferati? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he goes to the supermarket and he's like, nothing really seems appetizing until he gets to mm-hmm. the, 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 the meat area. Everything okay over there? I just dropped my phone on my keyboard. Gotcha. We're doing okay. This episode is all over the place. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he gets to the, to the meat section, uh, and he just starts throwing in anything. Porterhouse, <laughs> filet mignon. <laughs> hamburgers everything just goes in the cart and it's just like oh okay he's definitely a vampire yeah and then we get like kind of this weird interaction with the guy that works at the supermarket or owns the supermarket who kind of just like has a weird exchange like i feel like he knows why he's buying all that meat and then of course we get tb karen who shows up and she realizes he must have taken the pill and just completely harasses him, yells at him. And she has this line of like, you never knew Thirsty before now. And all of these things are pointing to vampire. Like right. Thirsty, blood, meat. Yeah. Vampire, cannibal, something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's classic Sarah Paulson just screaming fuck face at the top of her lungs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he goes home uh, and I'm like, okay. Is he still... Because there was a scene where he tries to eat a, a sandwich that Doris yeah. made for him, and he throws it up, and it's obviously repulsive to him. And this is, like, straight out of Tokyo Ghoul, which is an anime. Um, okay. But it's like... I'm like, this is the same thing. So Ryan Murphy watched Tokyo Ghoul and was like, this is a great <laughs> idea for an American Horror Story season. Um, and, yeah, so I'm like, okay, what, is he going to eat the meat now? And then he's going to throw it up, and then he's going to like have a realization of... Oh, maybe it's not meat. Maybe it's something else that I'm drawn to. Uh, no, he goes right into it and he starts like slurping the juices out of the out of the packet, which are really weird. Um, he then like makes a smoothie <laughs> where he's like wringing the pieces of meat like a sponge, and it's gross. And then he just chugs the thing, uh, <laughs> and it's just it's not. It didn't like get me going like ew, but I yeah. was just like. Okay, dude, you're a vampire. Like, let's just get to the point where you're a vampire. I know. And then the other part, too, which was I knew it was coming right when he's talking to Doris in the kitchen. She's making dinner or whatever it is. And she takes out a knife and starts cutting carrots, vegetables. And right when she took out the knife, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, she's going to cut herself. And he's going to be like right on her. And, yep, that's exactly what happened. She cuts her finger he gets a glance at it and just no shame goes over and just sucks the life out of her. <laughs> and obviously, as you would expect, she's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, straight out of New Moon, you know. <laughs> I, I thought she was going to leave at this point and there was going to be like, uh, <laughs> what's the song possibility? <laughs> she's just spinning in the room with Kristen Stewart in the chair and she's just extremely depressed. But it's just Harry writing his story, and then he's gone, and he's like, my family left me? <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, but Yeah, with this show, yeah. Yeah, but at this point, now I'm like, Doris, you gotta leave. Like, yeah. Not only is he being abusive, he's eating you, essentially. <laughs> he's sucking the blood out of your finger. like, And not in like a, 
oh crap like let me get you a band-aid it's more like you got any more in there I know. <laughs> oh man but yeah at this point he's like i gotta go i gotta go figure out what's going on um and uh goes back to austin's house and um like sidebar i think evan peter's character is great yeah and, me like, too the brief time we've met him he's got like mystique to him um and of so many seasons of watching him be the main character, and obviously I know mm -hmm. I skipped out on some where he wasn't the the focal point, but he's been more the focal point than not. Yeah, um, it's nice to see him as like this mysterious supporting character that plays into the overall story, and and it still keeps Harry in center focus, which I really like. Yeah, I agree, and I mean he's just so good. I will say he's definitely a scene stealer, though. At least for me, anytime he's in the scene, I'm like, "Who's Harry?" Like, <laughs> I'm just focused on on Austin. But um, yeah, I mean he isn't the main character. We're not following his storyline, so it is really interesting. But I think he he's just he's great. He's funny. He's serious. He's scary. He's not just really really great portrayal per usual. Yeah. Um, so we get quickly an explanation of what's going on uh, with the pill and what's happening to Harry. Um, and we get backstory on how they were made and what the, the drug actually is, which it's nothing. They don't know the name of it. Um, mm -hmm. But we do get this uh, uh, allusion to a character called the Chemist, which is the one who designed it. Um, and... The interesting caveat here, which explains why we have Nosferati and, and Harry, um, and also Austin and, and Belle Noir, is that there's a specific caveat to the drug, and it only works on certain people. And the caveat is, you need to be talented. If you have mm -hmm. creative, I guess, genius in your brain, this is what unlocks it completely with some side effects, as we've seen so far in this episode. Uh, but if you don't, you become Nosferatu, which is a very interesting plot device. Yeah. Um, but we're rolling with it, and yeah, it quickly dispels, I, I guess, the vampire sense. Like, yep. not vampires, which is a shame, because <laughs> I thought that's what the direction we were going. Um, but that basically kind of irons out why there's like this like opioid epidemic going on mm -hmm. in P-Town and Cape Cod and why all these creative people are in town uh, for the couple months that they are and then they leave and they go live their lavish lives outside of it. So by doing so, and if you have that creative gene, it basically drains you, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. And it takes an enormous amount of blood out of your system, which is what leads to the craving of blood. Which is, like, very close to vampirism. But not. Yeah. Like, so I don't hate the explanation, but there's definitely room to <laughs> criticize it. It's like, I don't know. I just think of it as, like, isn't creative like talent just so subjective that's like who's deciding if these people are talented or a good writer it's like everyone has different opinions and then 
they make it seem like the pill isn't addicting. It just makes you the best writer ever and you can't write anymore. So you have to keep taking it if you want to be successful. But then why do the people who aren't talented, the Nosferatu tie, why do they keep taking it then? Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe, because we haven't seen, and we'll get into it, we haven't seen like a transformation of that yet. Mm-hmm. So like, I imagine like if you take it, you just immediately lose all your hair and become extremely pale. I know that. Yeah. I really hope we get more explanation about that because I just have a lot of questions. Right. But yeah, you're totally right. It is a very subjective plot device mm-hmm. and it's like, believe it or don't believe it. And if you don't yeah. believe it, you're not going to enjoy this first half of the season, unfortunately. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, eh, but at the same time, just go with it or else the rest of the show sucks. Like, Right. Um, but yeah, so a lot of plot dump right here uh, in this conversation between Austin and Harry. Like I said, and like you said, either buy into it or don't. And mm-hmm. we're, we're buying into it. We're, yeah. we're cautiously <laughs> buying into it, you know. Um, but yeah, from there... Uh, there's like this weird conversation where he like leaves and he's like, fuck you. And Austin's like, fuck you. <laughs> Evan Peters is amazing. Um, I know. He leaves and then immediately comes right back. Yeah. Uh, he goes home, tries to write off of the pill, realizes that he just can't. Um, goes back, gets more. Um, is this? No, I think before when he first goes to his house, he's like hunting quail. It's just like this double barrel shotgun outside of his house. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, But he eventually succumbs to the idea of taking it, you know, writes out this entire show, um, ends up sending it to his his agent who we met. Mm -hmm. uh, What was her name? Uh, Ursula. Ursula. Uh, And there's like a brief bit of uh, reconciliation between uh, Harry and Doris because I think they say Netflix is picking the show up. Yeah. Yeah, they name drop Netflix. They say Joaquin Phoenix and stuff like that, which I thought was, like, cool because it's, like, it's fun, like, fourth wall breaking type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And... then he's like, yeah, this is great. Cool. Can't wait. I gotta go write more. I'll be right back. (laughs) I'm just like... He's clearly not being able to separate the idea of, okay, write everything you got to write, then stop mm-hmm. taking it and go I do know. other things. And then just be like filthy rich for the rest of your life and never write again. Right. So I wonder if that's going to play into the whole idea of how you become big nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you overuse it or something? Maybe. Because, like, I find it hard to believe that they're going to roll with the idea of you pop one and then the drug's like, you're dumb. And then it just turns you into this this pale creature. Uncle Fester. (laughs) But, um, yeah. So, after that, we get this whole big scene um, where it's kind of split between uh, good old TBK, Tuberculosis Mm -hmm. Karen, and Mickey. Uh, Macaulay Culkin comes back and then on the side of it we have Austin uh, Harry and Belle Noir going out on a little adventure and this is where the episode reeled me back in and got me to 
get away mm-hmm. from any criticism I might have had with the pill. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think so. Austin and Bell are kind of going to explain to Harry like how their life works, how they feed, and how they you know drink blood and everything like that. So I think it is it's an exciting scene. You really don't know what's going to happen, but let's take our final break and then we'll get into what happens. So basically, um, Austin and Bell they do have a, a few rules for how they go about draining people, killing people. Essentially, um, they told they tell Harry like don't feed on anyone in P Town because the sheriff or whatever we called her in the premiere kind of you know got suspicious of all the deaths and everything like that. So get out of town and just find like criminals, drug addicts, and people that are they deem you know bad people of society and just kill them instead and i guess you just won't feel bad about it yeah what is that that's another trope from what am i thinking of it's like we just. i feel like it's common it's like it's like just getting rid of like bad people and not feeling bad about it it's like we only feed on the certain types of people and mm-hmm. we're doing like this is how we kind of make it okay in our own heads yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like a popular horror movie or series that has done this as well. I can't off the top of my head, but I'm sure it'll come to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, we thought there was going to be reconciliation between Doris and, and Harry, but it's like quickly just thrown back in the trash, and their relationship is all over the place because. Mm-hmm. After the whole, like, Netflix thing, he's like, let's go have that big dinner we wanted to have, darling. <laughs> She's like, okay, great. And the next thing you know, he's in the back of Austin's car. And he's like, I'm sorry, I got invited to this secret club with Austin Summers and Belle Noir. And you're like, bro, come on. Secret club, all right. Yeah, like, come on, dude. Um, so, yeah, they're off on their adventure, uh, which is super interesting. But meanwhile... Uh, like we said, Mickey and TBK are hanging out uh, because Karen is homeless, doesn't have a place yeah. to stay. And is, I believe it's like torrential downpour going on outside. It's like a big storm. Mm-hmm. And Mickey takes her in for the night uh, and they you know, start to talk. And again, this just shows how amazing Sarah Paulson is uh, as well as Macaulay Culkin because the scene... There goes that phone again. Apologies. I'm going to mute myself, but you can continue. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I think they work so well together. Like, this is not a duo I knew I needed, but I love it, and I want them to be in future seasons together. Of course, Sarah Paulson will be, but let's keep bringing Macaulay Culkin back. He's great. Um, But as they're kind of, like, talking, I guess they're kind of just talking about, you know, their lives and what they do out there. They're both outcasts. They're both seen in a not flattering light by, you know, everyone else in town. Um, but Mickey explains that, you know, he's a writer too, and he's kind of like a budding screenwriter. He's at, he has all of these, you know, screenplays, um, just with him. Um, and that turns into an interesting conversation of like, what would happen if I took one of the pills? Right. Um, yeah, it was like, it got like, like heartfelt for a bit. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, you want to get high? And they just do heroin. Um, but there's like doesn't he say like the Titanic is the good guy in it or something like that or like the, mm-hmm. the iceberg is the good he makes some kind of crazy analogy which I'm like <laughs> I don't know if I'm on the same track that you're on chief but <laughs> go on um, but yeah so 
there's a whole conversation here, like you mentioned about the drug, and uh, it's really weird because I thought right then and there we're going to get the transformation. Yeah. But we don't because I guess like we're led to believe as viewers that like there's no way that these people are creative, right? It's like to mm-hmm. you know just based on what we know about their characters to begin with and how briefly uh, Mickey is shown and then all of TBK is just fuckface <laughs> and that's about it. And and stealing babies, no less. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I know. And they have a conversation too. I think Karen is like, what if you're not talented though? Like what's going to happen? You know, you know what happens. Um, but Mickey is confident that he's a good writer. Yeah. Uh, and he takes it. And for what we see so far, nothing too crazy going on here. Yep. Um, he doesn't immediately transform, doesn't lose all of his hair right away. Uh, but he's working away at what's going on. Though it's not... I don't know if it maybe. I obviously haven't seen this episode, the, the new one, and you have. Yeah. But, like, I kind of thought that the way they were going about it was, like, how much they showed Harry riding on the drug compared to what they briefly showed of, of Mickey. I was like, oh, crap, is he going to turn anyway? Um, but we'll, we'll wait to see. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that goes on. Seems like all, all is well as, as it can be for these two characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Austin, Belle, and Harry, go. They, they somehow figure out the way that someone on Craigslist is selling an iPad that's locked which means that he must have broken into someone's house mm-hmm. and stolen it, which is like, okay. I know. I saw this tweet that was like, anyone who uses like Craigslist is like, absolutely not now because it's probably the criminals. Right. It is very, very interesting how quickly they were able to, to decipher who was bad and, uh, and who was a prime target to eat. Though it could be like interpreted as like, they're not right morally in their own heads to begin with. Yeah. And this whole method isn't either. Yeah. They just need an excuse like, oh, well, these people are probably shitty anyway. Found them on Craigslist. Right. Uh, And at least, you know, they're not eating like, you know, animals and trying to pass off as members of society in (laughs) a town named after a utensil. But um, yeah, so he he, uh, goes and they feed on this guy and the rules are established very quickly. But it's not over yet because <laughs> the, they were like, you got to go get your teeth. And, you know, we've seen shots of, of Bill Noir in, in Austin having these, like, extremely pointy looking teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, not fangs at all that you would expect to see out of, like, a vampire. Just the entire top and bottom row are pointy <laughs> up and down. Like, they're like changing their teeth to be like prime hunters and yeah. just eat through flesh no problem which is a lot definitely creepy i like the vibe but um it's yeah. a commitment definitely and also like is no one gonna notice this like in the meantime like are you gonna wear caps to like cover it up yeah i know because isn't that what they have they have fake teeth over them and then they kind of like take it out i think so yeah Though, but I was just shocked that Harry goes through with it. I know. It's it's so weird. Um, and this whole scene going on with the teeth, 
I hate the dentist to begin with. Same. So it like gave me like squeamish vibes. But he walks into this parlor in the middle of town, and this parlor does not look like it belongs anywhere in town. It's like mm-hmm. what we've seen of the supermarket, that one restaurant in town, the city <laughs> landscape that we've seen, and now this place. Like this looks like a high up, like high quality tattoo parlor mm-hmm. um, that you would find somewhere in a more upscale town than what we've seen of P-Town so far. But he walks in, uh, and surprise, surprise, Billy Lord is back. Yeah, I know. I, I almost forgot that she was in this. But, yeah, and I guess it's kind of revealed that she's, you know, part of this club as well, this vampire-esque club. Um, and I – so she gives him the teeth and because, of course, but – I'm still not over, like, how do you hide that from your wife? Look, you're thinking too much about it. (laughs) Fine. And you know me. I'm one to think way too much about it. But I totally agree. (laughs) It's like jumping off of the deep end so quickly without thinking of any repercussions about anything. (laughs) And we haven't gotten any backstory to Harry to make him seem like he's just thirsting for fame. And he wants mm-hmm. it more than anything. He seems like he lives a good life with his wife and he's very happy with her and they love their daughter. Yeah. But this man, right off the deep end. <laughs> he's losing a lot of blood. He's not thinking straight. We'll there you say go. That. Very, very good. You've you found, uh, I feel like that's something that would be explained in like a Game of Thrones season eight behind the scenes. <laughs> so yeah. Harry kind of forgot that he was married with a kid when he went to get his teeth done. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Um, but yeah, so Billy Lord uh, explains that uh, she always wanted to be a tattoo artist, um, mm-hmm. and the pill opened up her ability to create the best tattoos ever, um, which is okay. Uh, her name is Leslie Feldman, uh, her character, or Lark. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's only in it for a brief scene that takes harry into like this back room area uh, where there's like an operating chair and she just goes to town and just completely reshapes all of his teeth a commitment was made yeah and it looks very painful to just have your teeth chiseled yeah. away like that yeah absolutely not um, so we're coming to the end of the episode here, but if you thought the vampire teeth or the, you know, shaving of teeth, I know they're not really vampires, um, was a lot, this ends on kind of a crazy note, a game changer for Harry and his family, um, because kind of the last, one of the last things that happens here is that Alma finds the pills that she assumes is Adderall, she, um, somehow makes kind of the assumption, smart assumption, that if this is Adderall, maybe I'll be better at violin. She takes one. She becomes better at violin. Obviously, this opens up a whole can of worms because she's going to want blood, just as we've seen um, with Harry and everyone else who's taken the pills. Um, And, of course, Doris... um, is talking to Harry and it's like, where is Alma? And of course, Harry's in his writing days and he's like, I don't know. She said she was going for some fresh air. And Doris is like, 
what? No, this is our child. We live in this dangerous town. What the hell? Goes after her and doesn't find something nice. Yeah. he. Um, Doris finds Alma uh, sitting in front of a gravestone um, eating a rabbit. <laughs> Just chomping away. And that's the kind of surprise twist that the episode ends on. And this whole bit is also super confusing. Um, and it's hard to like critique it a lot, but I feel like we kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Because she's struggling to play Paganini. Like, it's very much explained throughout this entire episode that she cannot mm-hmm. play this violin piece. Um, and I thought that she was also going to turn because she couldn't play it. Yeah. And I thought they were going to make the illusion of like, well, no, like practice can all, can only make you so good. Mm-hmm. You have to have a bit of talent as well. And I thought they were just going to turn the daughter immediately into like some creepy child. And I was going to be like, oh, that's a lot in two episodes. Um, but they don't that do that. That probably would have been better. Yeah, they don't do that though. She just no. is, is another one and she... Uh, starts playing the violin like super well um you know that paganini is nothing but just a little mozart for her now uh, i don't know anything about classical music but she's churning away doing doing the thing and doesn't he make like some stupid joke about like living in new york and like why he let her go outside because they're in Cape Cod. He's like, we live in New York. It's this place. Oh, mm-hmm. like we let her go to like the bodega or whatever. Which also in my head, I was like, why would you let her do that? It's very confusing. Um, <laughs> They're dumb. Yeah, but Doris is, you know, uh, quickly losing her mind because we get even more abuse in this family when Alma just like yells at her for being a terrible mother, and I'm just like, whoa, like. This family dynamic is exploding super quickly, and I'm surprised why Harry and Doris hasn't completely exploded yet, though I'm assuming that's going to come in the next episode. Um, because, yeah. Also, like, I feel like we haven't mentioned is like they've like teased multiple times during this episode that they're going to leave town. And Harry's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll leave in like, a couple days. And he's like, okay, no, no. We'll leave in a week. And he's like... No, we're saying. Like, what do you mean? I never said we're going to leave. I never even thought about leaving. It's it's all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I won't say anything else just because I've seen the next episode. So, thoughts overall, though, on this episode? Um, <laughs> thoughts overall. I think we I think we hit the the nail on the head and halfway through, and we're like, we either buy into this idea of the drug, yeah. or we don't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and I watched this one right after I watched the first episode because Mm -hmm. I really liked the first episode and you know when you watch something you don't think too critically about it if you're like invested in it or uh, immersed that's the one I was looking for oh immersed yeah (laughs) Um, if you're immersed in it at all you know you're not going to think too critically about it because you don't want to really ruin that sense of immersion right away Mm -hmm. like I remember that happened couple years ago when I went to go see The Last Jedi uh, and I walked out of the theater um, and I texted my friend because when I went in he was like 
was like, oh, I'm going to see Last Jedi. He goes, okay, cool. Let me know what you think. I was like, all right, cool. I walked down the movie theater. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. So I was like, I really want to enjoy this movie. I don't know anything about it. I walked out and I was like, that was pretty good. And I texted him right away. And he was like, here's what's wrong with it. He was like, oh, really? He's like, you thought that was a good movie? And I was like, oh, I was like, what did I just do? Uh, and now I absolutely despise that movie because, you know, have to think critically about it, even mm-hmm. though it's Star Wars. Thinking critically about a space opera is also a little much. But um, now that we did this whole episode critically thinking about it, it is yeah. a little all over the place. Um, but I feel like if I binged all five episodes once they were out, mm-hmm. come three weeks from now, uh, I feel like I'd still enjoy it. Unless they somehow just don't stick the landing <laughs> at all in, in two I episodes. Know. But um, my opinion of it, I think now after talking about it, is dropped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did we give the first episode a 7.5? Yeah, I think so. I think I would have given this episode the same score. Same. If, if we reviewed it before I talked about it. Like, before oh, I okay. talked about it. But mm-hmm. now it's lower. I think now it's a 6.5. Damn. I would probably still say 7.5. I enjoyed it. There are obviously things wrong with it, but not enough for me to be like, drop the score really like it was good it was fine it wasn't anything amazing but i still you know enjoyed it yeah i didn't not enjoy it i didn't turn it off right and it was good enough for us to talk about it on another episode and i'm going to assume now we'll finish the season out because i mean let's be honest it gives us content for the next eight weeks but (laughs) um no it's i was really invested in the first episode and the second episode as well. But how much we like talked about it and like joked about it. And you know when you're like jokingly shit on something, mm-hmm. you're like, no, but I still liked it. And like yeah. yeah, I still liked it, but a lot of the stuff we shit on was pretty bad. Like I uh, Harry's character development is a roller coaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is annoying because he's the main character. Yeah. Um so that's how I kind of feel is like this season's going to be a roller coaster. Um, and you know, I'm still building up. Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's maybe like a big build still to come, but I've gone down some hills, you know, <laughs> I haven't done like a loop de loop yet. And I hate roller coasters. So it's a terrible analogy, but, uh, I think after I watched the third episode and you had some good things to say about it and you were tweeting some like, well, that's the American horror story I know and love. Um, so, Dot, dot, dot. You haven't led me wrong yet when it comes to to (laughs) Yeah. So I think maybe it's... No, I feel like a 7 is too high. I feel like a (laughs) 6.5 is perfect. Yeah. I I honestly, I just feel like I don't feel that strongly about it either way. It's still just in that, like, yeah, that was pretty good. Like, in that tone of voice, too. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, whenever we talk about stuff, we're not recording... We were, like, DMing about a movie or anything like that. I never, like, am able to gauge from our conversations if you, like, love something or if you just, like, yeah, it was cool. Because you're, like, very, like, very relaxed when it comes to, like, yeah anything that could be between, like, a six and an eight. Yeah. Like. That's true. Your tone of voice doesn't change between those <laughs> ratings. But if you get to, like, a nine or a ten, you're, like, 
It was amazing. I the loved best it. movie I've ever seen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like Oscars galore. Where are I they? know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a problem with it too is that we're going to be done with this story. Mm-hmm. It seems like in in two weeks' time anyway. So there's not much time to get super invested in it. And I'm interested to see at the end of it because it's. I mean, it's still going to be like five hours worth of content. If yeah, it could have been like. Like shortened down into like a two and a half hour movie, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way I'm trying to approach it with most of my critique on it. Yeah, makes sense. What do you want to happen in the third episode? People gotta die. Like main characters yeah. gotta start dying. Like either gotta start dying or gotta start turning. And <laughs> I just want to. I know. We just need some of that because. You can't get to, like, episode four and do the big kind of turn reveal. All stuff is hitting the fan now. Mm-hmm. And then, have and one, then there's one episode. There's one episode to wrap it up. And I always hated that about HBO shows because they usually did, like, the big thing on episode eight or nine. And then nothing really crazy happened in mm-hmm. the last two. Like, True Blood was notorious for that. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. I think... I don't know, maybe a divorce or something like that. I think that would be healthy for Doris as well. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like... If, the well-being yeah. of these characters. If anything, Harry and Alma are making me care more about Doris. And I just want the best for Doris. Though, the the trailer... There's that phone again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no problem. You guys are just so popular. Yeah, I don't know. It's really annoying. But... The the trailer, and we did mention it last week in our review, is that Doris is very pregnant and is about to yeah. have her baby. So I know. maybe someone's gonna eat her baby. Oh, that's not where I went at all. <laughs> Alma's gonna eat the baby. Oh my god, Natalie. <laughs> this doesn't happen in episode three, just letting you know. But what that, if No, that's not the way I was fantasy booking that at all in my mind. It was more like maybe Doris takes the pill because she's, you know, we've gotten the 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 little bits of her being the interior designer. And yeah. And not working out for not her. That good. Right. It's like Oh, I, maybe she's not a good interior designer, so she takes it and then she turns. Right. Or she And then they're stuck there. Or she doesn't turn and the baby turned in her belly because her baby didn't have the creative oh. gene. And then she gives birth to Nosferatu. <laughs> Okay, or the baby eats, eats her from inside. <laughs> I would be down for that. A little like murder house, isn't that what happens at murder house? It, she gives birth to like a demon, and yes. then it's like, yeah, Michael Langdon. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, and then he's the guy in Apocalypse. Right, and who's just like, <laughs> like the most badass. Motherfucker. <laughs> Amazing like, character. Yeah. Um, I need to watch that season because... It's really good. I loved it. Like, I was surprised at how much I loved it. Like, that's supposed to be, like, the tie-in of Murder House and Coven into the show, right? So, mm-hmm. I love both of those seasons. So, I'm sure I'm really going to like Apocalypse. And then Cult, I've heard, is, like, not traditional American horror story. It's yeah. more psychological horror. Mm-hmm. Because it takes place I would like, agree. after like Trump's election. The and election. The show. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really liked that one too. Evan Peters, his character was insane, absolutely insane, per usual, but <laughs> he was good in that. Yeah, so Colton and uh, Apocalypse are on my on my watch list, but yeah, I don't know. We we've, we've got some good ideas, and we should um, definitely compare how the show ends to what our ideas were. <laughs> Yeah, if it's something, anything less ridiculous and crazy than that, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, it's very hard to predict anything with these shows. You don't know what's going to happen, but you can predict that we're going to be reviewing the next episode next week. So, (laughs) boom, segue. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm probably going to rewatch it because I was watching it last night, but there was also just leaks coming from my window from the storm. So I was like in and out probably going to rewatch it and yeah we'll review it next week so anyone listening let us know what grade you're giving this season so far do you love it do you hate it do you think 6.5 7.5 is fair i'm i don't know it seems like a lot of people love this show which i'm or the season which i'm surprised about because i think you know there have all <laughs> there's obviously been amazing seasons of this show it's not like it's been terrible and this came out of nowhere right but also you know if you want to be a glass half full type of person yeah i gave the first one a 7.5 and i gave this one a 6.5 so if you average those two together you get a seven and so far this season is a seven now there are further episodes which could either drag it down or boost it up you'll have to listen to find out (laughs) yeah definitely so we'll be back next week to talk about episode three and Fingers crossed that, you know, this show continues to be pretty good and even better than pretty good because it has potential. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.